Today, yes. Hey, children, why don't y'all go to children's church? Thank you, Miss B. While they're going out, y'all can fellowship for a minute if you want. Take a second or two. I'm going to count. You don't want to get up now. You got three seconds to get up. Okay, nobody got up. Never mind. The kids are moving kind of fast today. Praise God. Well, um, today I get my friend Jack's here. I said my friend Jack is here. And that's my friend. He's my buddy. Uh, Y'all have heard some of our stories. I'm not going to share any of them right now, especially now since we're lo- we're streaming live on YouTube. So I will. That's between you and I, right? And everybody else who knows. Okay, we won't mention that day I picked you up at the, going to the hospital, right? Okay, we won't mention. We won't mention that day we were walking into the hospital and you had that conversation with that woman. We won't mention that, will we? <laughs> yeah, you go. Don't worry. You're going to preach here in a minute. You'll get me back. From time to time, from time to time, people come into your life, and they, they, they step in. God puts them in your life for a reason, and they fill a void. God uses them to fill a gap. No, he's not replacing my lovely, beautiful wife. He can't do that. That can't happen. Yeah. Be quiet, Jack. Be quiet, Jack. Let me say something nice about you. But when I need a friend, it's that man sitting right there. When I gotta, when I gotta, when I gotta just have a talk, a pastoral talk, it's that man sitting right there. And I was joking with him the other day. He goes through some things. I, I knew my time for going through things was coming up because he was coming out of his stuff. And as he comes out of his stuff, I go into mine. And as I come out of mine, he goes into his. And, and I've, I've never had a friend that balanced me the way this man does. So I praise God for you, brother. And um, he preaches to me every time he preaches. And God uses him in a mighty way. And my favorite sermon is still, any old bush will do. I know you're not preaching that. I don't know if you're preaching that today or not. I'm not asking. I'm not putting in a request. But, Jack, you ain't got to applaud him. You just got to listen to God do what he's going to do through him. Okay? Come on up, brother. And they didn't applaud you, see? Man, I'm telling you, they good. Hey, <laughs> Amen. It is good to be here. Huh? I thought we started at 1045. See, I wasn't going to mess with you about that. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get that out of the way because some of y'all thinking that preacher running late. <laughs> amen. I even told Brother Chris, what time I tell you, Brother Chris? Right. Come on, say I got a witness, amen. <laughs> Don't go nowhere without a witness. <laughs> but uh, I did. I, I'm, I'm, I seen where David, I had a missed call from David. And then I seen Chris's text, you're late. And I looked at Connie and Steph on it. So she didn't step on it the way I wanted her to step on it. But anyway, we're here by the grace of God. And uh, I'm glad, I am very glad to be here. David is a dear friend of mine and, and has always uh, been, in, been, on my, been in my corner. And uh, I thank God for that. Uh, I thank God for you, church. Amen. There's people around I know and friends. Uh, J.R. sitting back there. He won't know what I'm finna say. Amen. Uh, we, we've... Uh, 
we've spent time in them old trucks and on the highway together, and I just praise God for, you know, having friends out and about. But you know what? The best friend that I have, his name is Jesus. Amen. He's the best friend that I have. He's a, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's a friend that's in the dark hours of the night. He is a friend that's always there. So um, I think kind of ironic this morning, I was going to preach on time. I'm glad I didn't because I'm right <laughs> But I was just sitting there thinking about that. But anyway, uh, I, I want to, uh, if, if you allow me this morning, if you take your Bible and turn to the book of Judges, uh, uh, the sermon that I, I preached at one other place, and it, it's, it has stuck with me. Uh, it may be no for nobody else this morning but me, but I really believe the Word of God. It never returns unto him void. Uh, it, it does the work that he sets it out to do. Amen. So uh, I, I pray that this will be an encouragement uh, to you this morning, but not only an encouragement, it will be a stirring. I, I don't like going to church and not get stirred. Amen. I like to be stirred. Uh, I like to be uh, spoke to. I, I like to uh, uh, feel the convictions come. Amen. It, it, it's the convictions that change our lives. And, and I pray that this, will, this sermon this morning will do that. It's a story. Uh, I'm going to take this sermon, this story, and I want to try to apply it to our lives. Uh, so, so just bear with me to, uh, this morning as we do that. Judges chapter 3, we'll start reading in verse 15. If you will, stand with me for the reverence and the reading of God's holy word this morning. But when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, have you ever been there? And the Lord raised them up a deliverer, praise God. Ehud, the son of Gar, the Benjamite, a man left-handed. And by him the children of Israel sent a present unto Eglon, the king of Moab. But Ehud made a dagger which had two edges and a cubit length, and he did gird it, uh, it upon his raiment, upon his right thigh. And he brought the present unto Eglon, the king of Moab, and Eglon was a very fat man. Man, I can't, I can't believe it. What's your version, God, David? Okay, all right, anyway, <laughs> verse 18 says, And when he had made an end, uh, to the, uh, an end to offer the present, he sent away the people that bear the present. But he himself turned again from the cords that were by Gilgal and said, I have a secret errand unto thee, O king, who said, Keep silent, and all that stood by him went out from him. And he who had came unto him, and he was sitting in a summer parlor, which, which had for himself alone. And he who had said, I have a message from God unto thee. And he arose out of this seat. I want you to remember that verse, okay? Just remember that. We have a message from God. Verse 21, And he who had put forth his left hand and took the dagger from his right thigh and thirsted into his belly. And the half also went in after the... The blade and the fat closed upon the blade so that he could not draw the dagger out of his belly and the dirt come out. Verse 23 says, Then he who had went forth through the porch and shut the doors of the parlor upon him and locked them. When he was gone out, his servants came, and when he saw that, that behold, the doors of the parlor were locked, they said, Surely he covereth his feet in his summer parlor. And they, they tarried till they were ashamed, and behold, he opened not the doors of the parlor. Therefore they took a key and opened them, and behold, the Lord was falling down dead on the earth. And he who had escaped while they tarried and passed beyond the quarries and escaped unto Sierra. And it came to pass when, 
when he was come, that, that he blew a trumpet in the mountain of Ephraim, and the children of Israel went down with him from the mount, and he before them. And he said unto them, Follow after me, for the Lord hath delivered your enemy, the Moabites, into your hand. And they went down after him, and took the fords of Jordan toward Moab, and suffered not a, a man to pass over. And they slew of Moab all the time about ten thousand men, uh, all lusty and all men of valor, and they escaped not a man. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel, and the land had rest fourscore years. Let's pray. Father, I just ask for your help this morning. I ask, Lord, that you just anoint uh, uh, every word that comes out of my mouth, Lord. I pray that I decrease and you increase here this morning. Father, do the work that only you can do. Search the hearts and the intents of the thoughts uh, today. I pray, Lord, that there may be somebody sitting here that don't know you. They've never been saved. They, they, they may be religious, but they don't have a relationship. I pray, Father, for that person. I pray, Lord, that they'd be saved today. I pray for that church member who knows you, Lord, but, Father, has just settled in and just, just become comfortable in their walk. I pray today that you stir their hearts. Lord, let your presence be felt. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated this morning. The key for kingdom success. I didn't say keys. I said the key. The key for kingdom success. You'll find out what it is by the time we get through here this morning. Amen. So I just want to, I want to show you there's one key. Other, the, the most important key is one thing other than Jesus Christ to have kingdom success. Jesus Christ, uh, the only way to have kingdom success or success as a Christian is to be born again. Jesus Christ is that. He is, is that man. He is that person. He's the one that has to rule in the reign of our life. There's no other. So we need to see that. So today, there may be somebody sitting here that today will be your first and accepting Jesus. Today might be your first and saying, you know what? I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. I'm going to do something for the Lord. Uh, Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I've always loved this verse of Scripture. Said, and the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months, and it shall be the first month uh, of the year to you. Church, I just want to ask you, do you need a new beginning? Amen. I know you've had new beginnings. I know you've, you've started over, but today personally, I'm not talking as a whole, but you personally, do you need something new in your life? Do you need to, let, to open your heart and allow the Lord to rule and to reign? He may be calling you into some ministry. He may be calling you into uh, some kind of service for him or whatever the, the, the case may be. He may be calling you into just a closer walk, amen? Just draw closer. Just pull your chair right up to Jesus. And, and there, there, what Jesus may be doing, it may be a first thing for you today. So we need to see that. So how can we have kingdom success? We can have it if we will kind of be like Ehud. Now, what I'm going to do this morning, if you will, bear with me, and, and I'm going to give you kind of an outline right quick, and then we'll go into the sermon. Ehud, and then the ones that was holding the key, they're representing the body of Christ. This is just, this is just my outline, okay? You, you're not going to find it. Well, I just want to use it as outline. They, they, they are representing Ehud, is, and the ones holding the key are representing the body of Christ. And why are they representing the body of Christ? Ehud is representing the body of Christ as the one that's moving on for Jesus. And the ones holding the key, they're the one that's holding the pew down. Okay? Amen? Come on now. Y'all going to help me out? We got amen. Some just hold the pew. Amen? Some, and some just moving on for Jesus. Some are doing the work of the Lord. So that he's representing that. 
Eglon, the king of uh, Moab, he represents Satan. He's the oppressor. He was the one that was oppressing the children of Israel. But it's because of their sin. It was because of where they had fallen and the state that they had become to. But he was oppressing them, and he was their enemy. Today we got an enemy. His name is Satan. You know what? Our enemy is not the church down the road, by the way. Our enemy is probably not even the next denomination down the road, amen? Our enemy is Satan, amen? And we have to recognize that and understand that. Or here, if we don't understand that, here's what takes place. We fight amongst each other. And that's what we do most of the time. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm sure the Lord is just sitting up there just shaking his head. He said, you're fighting the wrong battle. You're fighting against the wrong foe. You, you just because it, the, their doctrine don't just line up, if they got the, the virgin birth and, and Christ dying on the cross and he lived a sinless life and he's the only way to heaven, we can fellowship, amen? Now, all that other little stuff, you know, washing feet or, or dunking or not dunking, well, I get past all that. Well, we fight about them little bitty things when we're losing the battle with Satan. So Eglon is representing Satan. The summer parlor is going to represent our local churches because that's what we've turned them into. We've turned them into local parlors. Let's turn them into what, where we feel good. And then the message, the dagger, is the Word of God. Guys, we'll never have success until we have that. No, no other way. You'll never... Listen, I got to preach at a Valentine's banquet last night, and I, I, I preached John 3.16. And I preached Ephesians 5. I preached a lot of stuff last night. <laughs> You'll never be the husband you need to be. This is an add-on, by the way. I'm going to charge you now. <laughs> You'll never be the husband you need to be until you get in the Word of God. You'll never be the wife that you need to be until you get in the Word of God. You'll never be the mom or the dad that you need to be until you get into the Word of God. It's the Word of God that, that ordains and strengthens and guides the family. Matter of fact, you will never have the church that you need to have without the Word of God. Amen. And it don't start at church, by the way. It starts at home. And it flows out of there. That's just a little side note, okay? All right, we'll get back to the sermon. The body, the body, Ehud, and the ones that represents the key. Let's look at the body for just a minute. What is the body of Christ? Uh, Philippians 4.13 uh, says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's talking about the body of Christ. There's absolutely nothing that cannot be done uh, as long as we're in Christ's will. And when Christ is working through us, there's nothing. He said, there's, there's nothing that we can't do. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So that's part of the body. Church, there's, there's, <laughs> we need to understand that. See, we're, we're, how we do church today is we do it in our strength. We do it to our limits. We do it to our ability. And then we say, oh, that's far as we can go. And Jesus is looking over saying, no, you can go a little farther. Trust me. Lean on me. Uh, let me do it. Let me get out of the way because what happens is when we get out of the way, Jesus gets all the glory. Church, I want to encourage you today to do something that you cannot do. You say, well, I can't do it then. No, but he can. He can do that, and he will get the glory out of it. Be stretched. Allow your pastor to stretch you and pull you and push you to limits that where you're just standing on Jesus. Amen? Amen. And when you're standing on Jesus, you'll find out one thing. You will not fall. 
But man, when we stand it on each other, we fall. We get mad. I get mad because David got, got, got more hand claps than I got. Uh, he gets mad because y'all laughed at me and didn't laugh at him. Amen. All these things. When we're doing it with ourselves, but when we're standing on Jesus, then nobody's going to get mad. The problem comes, church, when we're operating in our own strength. James chapter 4, verse 3 says, You ask not. You ask and you receive not because you ask to me that you may consume it upon your own lust. Church, we need to learn to lean on Jesus. This is the body. We need to learn to lean on Jesus. We have to lean on the Christ, the only one that will not fail us, will not leave us, will not, will not uh, walk away from us, do anything to hurt us is Jesus Christ. Right. Come on. I, I've been gone from the church that uh, I got to watch grow from about 15 people up to 100, 150, 200 at one point. And, and, and you know what? God called me away. You know what? So there's some people in that church still still think like I, I abandoned them. Amen? They, they do. Now, they understand, but I had a relationship with them. But yet God called me away. But guess who stayed? Amen. Amen. Somebody got right this morning. Jesus stayed. And, and you know, and I told the church, I said, look. Uh, somebody said, well, Brother Jack, you're leaving. This church is just going to just fold up. And I said, well, you know what? If this church is about Jack Washington, we need to close the doors today. But if it's about Jesus Christ, it's going to continue on. Guess what? They're continuing on. Amen. They hadn't missed a beat. Now they look back and they say, I'm glad God called him away. Amen. <laughs> they, they're glad I'm gone now. But anyway, I want to tell you today, we, we have not because we asked amiss. Why is that? We're still doing it on our own strength. Why don't you do your prayer this morning as, Lord, I know I can't do this. Lord, I know I can't teach a Sunday school class. Lord, I know I can't prepare a sermon. Lord, I know I can't walk down and knock on that door. Lord, I can't do this and I can't do that. But, Lord, I know you can. Will you do it? And you quit asking the miss. You know, what miss is is I'm going to ask for something, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it the way it feels good and safe. You know. Who likes to be safe? Amen. Somebody didn't raise your hand. You lie. Amen. I don't tell you, lie. you I tell you how safe it was you lock your doors last night, these night. Amen. Yeah, some, some didn't lock the door. They tough and bad. They ain't coming to your house. Amen. I want to tell you, I lock my doors. I lock my doors. But I want to tell you, it's important. It's important to know that we, we ask God for our help. We lean on Jesus. We trust Jesus. We are his body. We are his body, and he helps us. John 1, 12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave him power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which are born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. You realize we are the sons of God? Has that ever resonated with you and in your heart that you, you are a child of the king, the, the creator God, the one who spoke this world into existence, the one who set the stars in order, the one who named the star, the one who planted the grass, the one who can number the hairs on your head. He has an easier job because David bald, amen. But he can number the hairs on your head, amen. But I want to tell you, we are his sons and daughters this morning. Man, that's how much God loves us. And we are his body. There's nothing that we can't do. Ehud, there was nothing special about him. He just trusted God. 
He just trusted God, and God somehow enough spoke to him and said, I want you to do this. Let me tell you what this man done. He went to, he, he went to the opposing or the enemy's territory. He had a present prepared. He was by himself when he went in, and he could have been killed. He could have been killed. He could have, his life should have been saved. Do you know what? He knew that God was with him. So he went anyway. Guys, you got to know that God's with you. Esther, and I love the story of Esther if you ever read it. It's when the, the children of Israel was going to be annihilated by Haman, this wicked man. And, and Mordecai, Esther's cousin, who had basically raised her and let, uh, brung her up and went to her, or, or actually he, he had a prayer meeting in the middle of town and embarrassed her because she was already become queen. But he says, you got to do something. And she says, well, you can't go in front of the king unless you're being called. And I ain't been called to come in front of the king uh, uh, these last 30 days unless he holds up the golden, the, 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 uh, golden rod. I can't remember the exact word. The golden rod. Suffer. He'll, you will die. But yet, Mordecai says, you don't know, but this might be the reason you come to this kingdom. Church, this morning, you might be the reason that Suffer Springs is here. You might be the reason that somebody's going to get saved. But you got to have enough trust in God to go. She did send the, the children of Israel back to fast and pray before she went. She did ask for, for, for God to, to protect her and be with her and to help her and strengthen her. But she went. Church, we got to go. We got to know that we're, we are, that we have the power to become the sons of God. And we are his children. Romans chapter 8 talks about there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Absolutely nothing. There's nothing that we will go through, distress or famine or nakedness or pearl or, 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 or death. There's nothing. And we got to realize that. God wrote, uh, Paul wrote that in Romans 8 because Paul lived it. Most of us had to live like Paul. Praise God. Praise God. But I want to tell you we need to understand that. Number two, I want to look at our enemy, Satan, Eglon. Church, what Satan tries to do is cause you and I to fumble the football. You knew I said that in there, didn't you? You can be on the winning team, but you can lose a play every now and then. You can be driving down for a touchdown and your opponent can make you fumble the ball. Well, that's what Satan's doing. He can't have your soul. If you're born again, you've been saved and washed in the blood and sealed in Christ, you're on the winning side, amen. You, you, you are going to heaven. You are sealed and you need to understand that. But he knows that, that he can't have your soul, but he's going to have your testimony. So he's going to try to make you fumble the ball. He's going to try to make you uh, uh, mess up. He's going to try to make you sin. Has anybody sinned since you've been saved? Get a little better. Still got a few liars in the house. <laughs> Don't laugh. You get me started, brother. 
We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God before salvation and after. That's the reason it takes the mercy and the grace of God to transform us and to change us and to help us. We have to acknowledge when we sin. That's the reason he wrote 1 John for, for Jack Washington, amen. But when I sin, I know that I have somebody that I can go to and cry out and repent and turn to. He, he wishes that we wouldn't sin, but we have a propitiation, and his name is Jesus if we do sin. Praise God. But Satan's going to make us fumble or fall sometimes if we get our eyes off Christ. We start living life our way. We're doing this church thing the way we want to do it, what feels good to me. The, the I'm doing it. I'm going to where, where I like it. Amen. Have you ever went to a church that, where uh, you had to have it all your way? Amen. Amen. That's, that's, that's not what God intended. Matter of fact, if you're born again today, I want you to say this with me. If you're born again, if you're, if you're not saved, don't say nothing. And you know it. And God knows it. But if you're saved, please, everybody say this for me this morning. Church, Church. is not for me. me. Preacher, you're crazy. Don't say that part. <laughs> Church is for the lost. Amen. And the gospel's for the lost. And before I got saved, it was for me. But today, it's just a two. It's where I go to get filled up. It's where I learn to live. It's where I get encouraged, where I get stirred, where I get fed. All the above, amen. But I want to tell you, truly and truly, we got to live our life for somebody else. We got to live our life for somebody else. But Satan's trying to mess us up, and he's trying to make us fall. He's trying to make us do things that we, we wouldn't do or shouldn't do. Paul said, hey, the things that I would do, I do not. And the things that I would not do, it's that that I do. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. The apostle Paul said that. <laughs> and I ain't no Paul. Last time I looked, my name's Jack. <laughs> Amen. And I want to tell you, I need grace. Just like you need grace, and we all need grace. So we have, we have an enemy. Romans chapter 6, verse 14 says, For sin shall have, not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Your enemy don't want you to know that. He wants, to think, he wants you to think that, that sin and Satan has power over you. They don't. If you're saved. If you're born again. You say, what does all this got to do with key for kingdom success. We'll get there in a minute. Just, just keep just, just hanging there. Satan will lie to us. He will tell us that we're no good. He will tell us that, that we don't have the ability to do anything. He will tell us that we're a failure. He will tell us that God is sitting in heaven and he's mad at us. Amen. You know, you won't read that in the word of God, but you will read how much God loves you. But, but, but for whatever reason, we have this idea that God is, is sitting up in heaven and he's got his big stick and he's yelling and he's mad and he's irate and he's a terror. That's not the God of the Bible. Whew, praise God. He would have kicked me out a long time ago. The God of the Bible is filled with love and compassion. Yes, he has laws and he has rules, and we need to abide by them, and, and he is a just God. And, yes, he is going to judge sin one day, and he's going, to ju- he's, going, he's going to judge all of this one day, but yet God is saying, come to me, for I love you. For I love you. Sin has no more dominion. You need to know that Satan wants to lie to you and say it don't, that, that it does. 2019, uh, 20, 2018, Man, time's flying. 2018 was a tough year for me. 
and Connie. Not physically. Well, it was physically. We were building a house, planting a church, going to Bible college, and working. And we had hardly no time because we was trying to do it all ourselves. And sometimes I call old David and cry on his shoulder, and he'd go preaching to me. I want to hang up. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Kind of like some of you done hung up this morning, amen? But I want to tell you, pick it back up. Pick it back up. Because Satan wants to say, say you're going through this because God don't love you or God don't care for you. Church, God loves you. But your enemy will lie to you. James 4, 8 said, but draw not to God. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. That's a promise, church. But Satan keeps throwing things in front of us to keep us out of the way. He keeps trying to put things to make us trip and to fall and get mad and look to the world, quit church. I don't know how many people quit church because something's happened in their life. And Jesus said, just run to me, run to me, run to me. I have you. We got to run to Jesus. Draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. But our enemy says different. Number three, our summer parlor. Eglon. He, I bet it was decked out, Brother David. <laughs> bet it had all the gold and all this little pagan junk around on the wall. And he probably had his fat men toting it like he was fat. You know what I'm talking about? I'm fat, I can say that. Y'all can't get mad at me, amen. I know I'm obese. Amen. I wasn't last year, but I, I guess I liked it because I gained it back. <laughs> but anyway. But he had it the way he liked it. And I really want to, I'm going to drive us home this morning. Because I've been, I've had the, the, the blessing to go to a lot of churches and preach. And what I found in most churches, they got it like they like it. And church ain't about having it your way. It ain't Burger King. Last time I looked, it suffered springs on the door, amen. But he had it the way he wanted it. And he'd go in and he'd cool his feet and he would rest and he would relax and, 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 and he was enjoying it. And trying to say this, well, I'm just going to say it, amen. Church. Is not designed for our comfort. It's not designed for us to come in and just feel good. Now, I'll tell you what, I leave rejoicing sometimes, and I'm pumped up, and I'm excited, but sometimes I leave under conviction, and I, I, I need to know I need to do business with God. That's the reason we built an altar, amen. That's the reason we can go down and do business with God. Church is just not a one-way highway. But we've turned it into that. I can't tell you how many times I be out on visitation. Somebody say, well, what kind of music do you play? Does it matter? Does it really matter? Who's it about, Jesus or you? Who, 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 uh, do you preach loud? You come and see for yourself, amen. Uh, do, do, do you do this or do you do Do you have anything for the children? Oh, my goodness, what about you? You're going to die and go to hell while your children trying to go to heaven? Come on, I'm telling you, we do all of these things. Connie, you might want to move the car closer to the door. 
We do all of these things, guys. This breaks my heart. I'm telling you. It, it's, I'm not trying to make fun. I, I want to, my heart's broken we, 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 because we do all of these things to feel good to me. You know, there's committees that operate the thermostats in churches. There's committees that operate uh, the lighting. There's committees. I'm telling you, uh, we're, we're planning a, a new church, and uh, Brother Chris is on our plant team, and Rico and Brooke and Connie, and, and you know what? We ain't got a committee. We, we, you know, we say, hey, we need to do this. We're going to do it. <laughs> Amen. I got thinking about it. I've been studying in Bible college about creation. Praise God, brothers. God didn't have a committee. We wouldn't be here today. Amen. <laughs> Amen. They couldn't get out of committee. But what I'm trying to say this morning is our churches is not our summer parlor. Amen. It's not the place that, well, I'm going to go and feel good today. And sometimes you might, amen. Sometimes you get stirred. Sometimes you get, but sometimes it's just, you can't have it your way. The church that we're planning in Raglan is for those that nobody wants. I don't, we don't care where you've been. We don't care what you've done. We don't care anything about you. We just want to share Christ with you. That, that's it. We, we just want to share Christ. We want to see the lost saved and disciple. And this verse of scripture I want to give you, I want you to write it down. I hadn't said that, and I don't say it much, but I want you to write this down this morning. It's about God's house. It's about his house. It says, Luke chapter 14, verse 23. It says, And the Lord said unto his servant, Go out into the highways and under the hedges and compel them to come in. <laughs> Us four and no more ain't going to like this. That my house may be full. That my house may be full. He said, don't go down there to Greystone and get all them. Don't go get all the doctors and the lawyers. Don't go get everybody that's got it together. He said, just go out in the highways and the hedges. I don't know if you ever looked around the hedges. There's a lot of stuff back there that's unexpected, amen? There's a lot of junk. You got to get your hands dirty, and you got to get your clothes dirty. And I want to tell you, you're going to get dirty when you're out in the, in the highways and you, you're rubbing up against the world, but you're going out to do one thing and one thing on that our Savior's house may be full. It may be that you have to get up and move a pew. Would it be awesome this morning if every one of you had to stand up out there? Come on. Well, I wouldn't come. Well, come on down here then. Come on. Meet me at the altar. I want to tell you, it's that important. God didn't put that in there. Just to give us something to talk about, he meant it. How do you know he meant it? Because he went right here on the cross. He said, I love him. Matter of fact, the ones that were spitting on him and, 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 and making fun of him and, and all the awful things that they were doing, he says, I forgive them. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It'd been me and you, boy. We'd be saying, Father, rain down brimstone and fire upon their head. Take them out, Lord. Take them out. You say, how unrighteous they are. That would have what, 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 Amen. But our Father didn't. And the last time I checked, we've got to have the mind of Christ. 
that our mind needs to be growing every day like Christ. I got a long ways to go because I still have them thoughts. I drive a truck for a living. Don't get amen out of you, amen. Amen. They might have some bad thoughts on that four-way anymore, brother. <laughs> he can't even say nothing. Sometimes you say, man, I don't, I, don't, I don't got holy in mind. I don't love you, idiot. I say, oh, you're a holy idiot. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I want to tell you this morning, church, this church, and the church that we're starting in the Churches up the road and the church down the road has quite a quit being about us being comfortable. We got to be about our father's business. We got to be about going out. We got to be about it being about me, about how I feel. Or the, I go to that church because I, I love the pastor. And that's important. I, I will admit that. I'm a pastor. And I want you to love my friend David. I want you to love his family. And I want you to, to, to love the Love every, every teacher here. And I want you to like them. I know that that has a part of it. But I want you to go to church because you're in love with Jesus. What I found in my Christian walk, I can go anywhere and get a blessing. If my heart's right. But if my heart ain't right, I can't get a blessing. Because I'm looking and I'm judging and I'm pointing and I'm not liking. So the summer parlor has got to be ripped off. And it's got to be replaced with this is God's house. It's where I'm going to serve. It's where I'm going to work. What's this got to do with key to kingdom success? i tell you in a moment. The message, the dagger. The important message that Ehud had was the very thing that was going to take the oppressor out. And he had built it. I, I, I'm sure as he was making that thing and he was grinding it down, he was contemplating and maybe he was listening to the instructions of the Lord how he was going to do this and what he was going to do, what it was going to accomplish. And, and, and I want us to see today, guys, that we have a, a sword that, that's sharper than any two-edged sword. We have a sword in, in Hebrews 4.12. It said, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow and the discerners and the thoughts and the intents of the hearts. Amen. We have the word of God. This community needs what we have. It's the word of God. Your friends and your family need what you have. We don't go out and we're, we're not going out to kill nobody. We're going out to give them a sword to give them life. We're going out to hand them life. We need to see that. We need to understand uh, that we're to go out and we're to spread about God's word. We are to give out the word of God. And we need to see that. We need to see today that this word took a person like Paul, the Saul, or Saul, and changed him into Paul, a murderer, and changed him into a preacher. Amen. It, it takes people like, like, um, Gideon in the Bible who was scared and afraid and, and was hiding, sifting his wheat, and God called him a man, a mighty man of valor, amen. He'll take and change your circumstances. He will take that person right down the road who the world said is no good, they're, they're dried up, they're done away, they're unfit, and God will transform into a mighty man or woman of God, amen, to reach the people for the word of God. We have the sword. We have the reason. 
resource. Amen. It's the Word of God. And we need to see that. And we need to understand that. He gave his message out and it delivered the children of Israel. I don't know about you, but America's in a mess. We're killing babies left and right. We're hating one another. We're, we're shooting people in the streets. We're, we're divided as a country. We're, 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 just, we're scheming one to another. We're trying, this was trying to get better, a bigger foothold than that one over there. Guys, our country needs the Word of God. It needs men and women like you and like me to proclaim Christ's Word on your job and in your families and in your restaurants and wherever you go. You got to claim the Word of God that the Word of God has what our world needs and it will deliver if we will just give it out we got to give it out we got to give it out the second part of the body that I talked about earlier about Ehud was one part and the second part was those that had the key there was a group of men that had the key to where Eglon was laying dead just on the other side and they had the key but they thought you know what he's just resting He's, he's, just, he's, he's okay. And they stood there till they become ashamed. And they had the key the whole time to go in. That has become a lot of church people. We look for a dynamic speaker to bring the word to build the church. We look for a dynamic Sunday school teacher to build the Sunday school. We look for, for, for wonderful events to take place to change the society. We look for all that. We make excuses. Well, they're okay. We think that Jesus Christ is not ever going to come back. But my word says he's going to come when you think not. He's going to come when you're sleeping and you're slumbering. Amen. There's so many people who think that somebody else is going to do it. As a pastor, it used to, I used to, something wouldn't get done at church. And the number one thing was, I thought so-and-so was going to do it. Why do we want to wait on somebody else? You're not doing it for the pastor. You're doing it for the king. Amen. You're doing it for the king. I don't care what, what them, they ain't doing nothing. They're going to say, well, you old self-righteous. You just trying to get a pat on the back. I sure am by Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to be recognized. Amen. Of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. It's that important. So if you've been holding the pew down, let's stop. Let's get on Ehud's side. Let's get after the kingdom of God. And that brings me to my last point. Say amen. amen. I knew y'all was ready to quit. <laughs> <laughs> amen. I get amen out of one. I think there's everybody in the house. Amen. <laughs> but anyway, this is the problem. The key is stand up. Please, if you're able, stand up. Just stand up. Just stand up. If, you, if you're able, the key is you. It's not a bunch of toes. It's not down at Lifeway. It's you. And it's me. Look to somebody and say, I am the key for kingdom success. There's nobody else. It's nobody else. And I want you to understand that day. Don't, don't sit down. Come on. Come on with a song. Get somebody. Come sing something. 
I'm sorry, y'all don't do that. Do I go there. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, well, I ain't gonna sing. Uh, play a piano. Play a piano. I don't. But anyway, here's what I want us to do. Let's get refocused. Look right here. Let's refocus. This is serious right here. This is serious business. Being a cure or come on. You bigger than I am, my man. All right, good. You're the key. But what's keeping you from putting it in the lock and opening the door? Jesus saved you, I hope. If you're not, please come this morning. But if you're saved today, you are the key. What's in your way? What is it that's holding you back from doing the work? That God intends for you to do. Do it. Nobody else can do it. This thing does not get turned off. I want us to understand something, church. Many times in my life, the only reason I didn't see God working in my life was because of me. It wasn't nobody else. It wasn't a preacher. It was me. And today, if there's something in your life that's keeping you from being that key, would you come and repent today? Would you come and give it over to the Lord today? Would you come and ask God to forgive you today? If you would, you'll see God open doors in your life that you have never seen before. And maybe you're sitting here today and you say, you know, preacher, I've never been saved. You've talked all about this scripture. I don't know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus today, he's calling you. He's knocking on your heart. And he's saying, come to me. He's wanting you to be saved. He's wanting you to give your life over to him where you become part of his kingdom. And today would be your day. Would you just come forward? Every head bowed and every eye closed. We'll get through praying. Y'all just start singing. Father God, I just want to thank you. Father, I want to thank you for the word of God. I want to thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to stand in front of your church and proclaim your gospel. I pray today, Lord, that everything was said that honored you. I pray today, Lord, we lied maybe a little bit, Lord, and we talked, but Lord, I pray that we got serious and we see that there's a work to be done because there's lost people dying that needs to hear from us. And Lord, help us today to be real. Help that one that's holding on to that pew, Lord, to turn loose and let you have your way in their life. Lord, I pray that you draw that one that may be lost here today. And Lord, that you draw them down. And Lord, they give their life over to you. Father, we're going to give you the praise for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.